Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Brainwaves. Hear the world differently. Bringing community mental health to you, raising awareness and challenging stigma. Tune in to 3CR Community Radio, Wednesdays at 5pm. Melbourne's Drive Time Radio Program, featuring community organisations, powerful stories and information. Find us at brainwaves.org.au. Proudly sponsored by Wellways Australia. Hello and welcome to Brainwaves on 3CR 855am. 3CR Digital Radio and 3cr.org.au. My name is Kaylin and before today's introductions, I'd like to begin by acknowledging and paying my respects to the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation, the traditional custodians of the land on which I'm coming to you from today. And I'd also like to pay my respects to their elders, past, present and emerging and acknowledge all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander listeners um, who may be tuning in today. Also paying respects to your elders, past, present and emerging. Today from the Brainwaves team, uh, we have Terry who will be interviewing our guest today who happens to be um, a very special guest, none other than one of our uh, wonderful Brainwaves team members, Susie. You've probably heard her on other interviews before. Uh, Susie has an extensive background in nursing, midwifery and hospital and small business administration. Um, In recent years, uh, she's completed a degree in counselling and um, after that spent two years volunteering on the Wellways Helpline before coming over to work on our Brainwaves radio program here at 3CR. Susie is also very active uh, with human rights issues, particularly uh, in regards to Australia's treatment of refugees. She's also a mother, wife and grandmother. Susie is keen to tell you her story of personally overcoming great phobias in order to inspire others to do the same. And interestingly, she unknowingly used graduated exposure therapy, which was later, um, which she later learnt about in psychotherapy studies. So welcome, to, uh, Susie, and uh, hi, Terry. And now, Terry, I'm going to hand it over to you. Um, go for it. Susie, I understand uh, you've you've mentioned that you've ha- or you've in pre-discussions you've mentioned that you had three phobias one which was essential for you to overcome can you tell us about the first one please well the first one I had most of my life and it was a fear of spiders I really did have arachnophobia and to a degree where I well I never forget my sister and I screaming hysterically because there was a huntsman spider in the shower and that poor spider, we sprayed it and sprayed it and we're running in and out of the shower screaming and all this sort of stuff. And basically what's happened since then, um, because I've always had a dislike of spiders and a fear of spiders, is I've seen so many of them because I live in a forest that you actually just get used to it. And I feel quite sorry for them. You know, when you look at a spider and the size of it and you compare it to the size of myself um, it's pretty unfair so nowadays what I do is um, I put a a glass over the spider even if it's a massive huntsman the size of your hand and I slide a piece of paper under it and I get rid of it outside I can't say I'm you know smiling as I do this but um, I've learned to deal with it I guess because of continuous exposure and common sense as well obviously you get them outside and they come back in again Uh, but um, yeah so I overcame that one 
over a period of years. All right, can you give us a little bit more information? So you talked about uh, having that terrible, scary experience with your sister as a little girl. And how I was about 30 at the time. Oh, you were about 30? Oh, I was thinking you were... Yeah, um, still in childhood. Yeah. All right. And we sort of the fear fed off each other as well. But yeah, Have that you got poor any idea spider. How the phobia began, you know, when it began, when you were first aware of it? Oh, always all my life. And I think a lot of people don't like spiders. I'd say it's a pretty common one. And I've had yeah. lots and lots of dreams with spiders in them. I sometimes oh. I used to wake up and see. A spider in front of my eyes which wasn't actually there yeah yeah uh, you can have dreams that imprint and they're still with you when you open your eyes and yep. wake up but yeah yep. but that would would be the least important phobia um that i've overcome even yeah. even though you live out in the bush yes yeah so it's it's that's you know you can live with a fear of spiders it's probably healthy to some degree yeah yeah Okay, thanks so much, uh, Susie. Now, you you successfully overcame a public speaking phobia. Can you tell us a bit about how that phobia presented and how you, you know, made enormous strides in overcoming it? Well, all my life I have been very shy and I've never liked to be the centre of attention Um, and... I just have always had a a genuine phobia of public speaking. And a a good example is that when I was, I was actually running a hospital at the time and I would organise it so that I never had to stand in front of a room full of people, which is actually quite difficult when you're in a management position, but I'd organise small groups and I'd be actually, you know, sat down at the same level as, and I still didn't even like that. Um, And Essentially, I was doing a a graduate diploma and as part of that course, while I was running the hospital, I had to do a 20-minute speech and I'd nearly finished one and a half years of study and if I didn't do the speech, I wasn't going to pass. So I had to do it and I did it by practising and I, I, I can say that I did quite well. I think I got like a C, but it took years off my life. Like, I can't tell you. It took years off my life, Um, but I did it. I I didn't let it beat me. And since then, I guess, there's been many an occasion where I've avoided doing speeches. But what's happened in the last 10 years is I've been, first of all, my father died and no one else, my whole family's shy, was going to be able to speak at the funeral. And I'm the oldest, so I had to do it. So I, I was literally stood in a room with nearly everyone in the room I knew. There were family members, a lot of them, Mm. Um, but my knees were still knocking together. Um, But I did it because I had to, to honour my father. And a friend of mine stood next to me to take over just in case I couldn't do it, but, of course, I was going to do it. And since that time, um, my son has required me to give a speech at his 21st at his engagement and at his wedding Um, and um, I'm part of um, I'm a political activist and as part of the groups that I'm involved in you sometimes have to be um, the centre of attention when you're getting up to stuff and um, basically there's always an opportunity to have the microphone, which I always say, no, thank you. Um, But recently, 
um, having bit by bit confronted my fears by making myself stand up at all these events, right. um, I agreed to um, stand up in a room full of people, um, 170 people to be exact, some of whom were eminent people that I admired immensely. And I, um, I gave a speech which was a resounding su- success. Um, so the way I, I did it on all these occasions was to write a poem. A friend of mine said, it, instead of giving a speech, write a poem because poems can stir the heart. People yeah. like to hear r- rhyming things. Yeah. And I always try and make my poems a bit quirky or funny. Um, and I was honest with the people in the room. I started by saying, look, you people don't realise, but I've actually got a public speaking phobia and you're part of my treatment. Um, and, <laughs> and it actually... Oh, that's great. Um, I said quite a few things. Most people wouldn't be so open, but so I can shock people with my um, brutal honesty. But, um, yeah, it was like the highlight of my life being able to do that. Well, I wouldn't call it the highlight of my life, but it was a major, major achievement. Yeah. And um, I was very funny, very witty, but I did go straight to the bar afterwards. Um, and I'm not going to be putting my hand up anytime soon. As far as I'm concerned, I've beaten the phobia, but now I'm going to avoid public speaking. And just the fact that I'm working on the radio, though, right. is remarkable. Like anyone who knows me, you couldn't make this stuff up. So hmm. good on you, Susie. Congratulations. And thank you for telling us about that. Um, I think, as you have observed in your blog, that uh, public speaking is a, a major phobia for a lot of people. So it's wonderful to hear your story and the progress that you've made. Now, you've said that there's another pho- phobia. Can you tell us about it and uh, how you are uh, responded to dealing with it yes well this one I had to overcome because you can avoid public speaking you can avoid spiders but you can't avoid when you live in Melbourne driving through tunnels but um, what happened was I was in the this was a, a unique experience for me I was in the Margaret River and I said to my husband can we go down some caves I've always liked caves I've never been in many And um, I've always remembered the story of Huckleberry Finn getting trapped in a cave. I don't know if anyone's ever um, read the book about Tom Sawyer and Huckleberry Finn. But, yeah, I've never been afraid or anything like that. I love caves. They're magical things. But this particular day it was hot and I was tired and hot and bothered and we were queuing to go down into this deep cave in the Margaret River. And there'd been an earthquake the day before, which I hadn't even felt. So that was in the back of my mind. And then as I'm waiting to go down into the cave, we could hear the tour group coming up, the tour group that was already in the cave, but but we could hear them panting for breath before we even saw them. And I thought, oh, because I wasn't very fit at all at that point. And then we went down into the cave and I realised why they were panting because it was very, very steep steps going down. I thought, wow, when we come back up, I'm going to come up last because I'll be really slow coming up these steps. I didn't want people looking at my rather large backside either. Um, So we get down into the cave, down, 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 and we, we find ourselves in this huge cavern. And um, I'm looking up and there's tree, it's all dark and there's tree roots coming down. And I thought, gee, you wouldn't want to be here if there was an earthquake. That went through my mind. There were probably about 50 people in the group. And then the park ranger said, look, 
just to let you know, there's two more levels to go down into and the CO2 level is very high in here can at the moment. Tell, can you tell our audience what CO2 stands yeah, for? Carbon dioxide. So the carbon yep. dioxide level was very high, yep. very elevated. And she said, if you want to leave, now's the time to go. And I thought, oh, I think I'm getting out of here. So I said to my husband, look, I think I want to go. He said, oh, don't be silly, stay here, whatever. Um, but then she kept talking and then she said again now is the time to go and I thought no I'm out of here so I went up to her I said look I want to go back up I was the only one and I started walking up the steps and then suddenly I collapsed onto the ground and I my heart rate was over 200 and I was panting for breath absolutely panting and I knew that um, I was I thought if you don't stop panting like this you're going to have a heart attack I had to try and calm my breathing down and then I yelled for my husband who came running up and he banged his head on a rock on the way up and he he sat with me and they sent a park ranger down um, to help me get back up to the top and when I got up to the top I was very 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 shaken up and yep. I, I wondered if I'd had an anxiety attack which I, I would say that I did but, um, I thought you've got to deal with this so yep. I said right I want to go in another cave I thought I'm not going to be beaten so we went into this other cave that uh, you, it said that you could go in if you were disabled. So, oh. I thought, <laughs> so I thought it must be fairly safe. But the whole time I was in there, I kept looking back all the time at the opening that we'd entered. It, yep. was, it wasn't deep down this cave, but I was, I was quite frightened. But anyway, I got out and that was the end of it. And I thought that's it. I, and I still, I kept telling myself it was probably the elevated CO2 levels combined with my fitness that caused that. It might not have been an anxiety attack, but in actual fact, it was a fairly classic example of an anxiety attack. Mm-hmm. I really did think I was going to die. And um, how did you find out that it was an anxiety attack? Did you do some research or consult yes. some people? Um, I just... I, I don't know, but I just knew that it was. And I've since done a counselling degree and it, it certainly was. Yeah. But anyway, what happened was then I was concerned about how I was going to get on the plane to fly home. But I managed to do that. And then when I got home to Melbourne, um, I, I just felt that I couldn't drive through. I've never had a problem in my whole life. I've seen the movie Daylight where there's a car accident in the middle of a, a tunnel with Sylvester Stallone. Brilliant film. But um, essentially, I just felt I couldn't go into any of the tunnels. Um, I was terrified. I thought, what if I'm driving through the tunnel and that happens and I kill somebody, including myself? And there had been an accident in one of the tunnels in Melbourne uh, previous to that where someone was killed. So I couldn't even go in as a passenger. Like I couldn't even sit with my husband driving to go into these tunnels in Melbourne. Um, And I... I had to beat this because you can't go anywhere in Melbourne without going through tunnels. But Mm. what I was doing was um, in the end, I did manage to go in with my husband driving and I made him keep into the left lane just in case I had this massive anxiety attack. And I played my favourite music loud and sang at the top of my voice with air conditioning blowing onto my face full blast to get through. And I did this numerous times with him. Um, and then I thought, well, I've got to be able to drive through the tunnels myself. And I tried. I'd get really close to the tunnel, then I'd think, nup, and turn away and go all the, you know, the long route, so to speak. Yes. In the end, I don't, I think I, I went into the tunnel 
with my husband sat as a passenger and drove, keeping in the left lane, going when it was quiet and doing all those other things, playing music, singing, having the air conditioning blowing on my face. So bit by bit, I was exposing myself to it. And in the end, after it would have been within two years, I was able to drive through the tunnels on my own. And now I just drive through tunnels end of story I don't even think about it. I'm not even aware I've done it but I've never had a problem before and I've never had one since but it was a terrible uh, fear mm-hmm. and I guess what you could say is that I've recently driven through a tunnel and um, stood up in a room full of people and given a witty speech um, so it just shows you what you can overcome if you really try if you're determined to do it Absolutely. And um, it was very interesting to me when you started talking about graduated exposure therapy. Yes. Um, So what you've been describing sounds to me a bit like, you know, I'm not used to that terminology, but that gradual exposure. Yes, that's what you used. Yeah. And Um, I didn't realise at the time, I hadn't done my counselling degree at that point. So I didn't realise that what I'd done was actually graduated exposure therapy because that is how you would treat someone. You would say, first of all, if you're scared of spiders, think about spiders, envision spiders, look at a picture of spiders and then eventually see a spider in real life and you could actually get to the point where you're handling a spider but it takes time it's a very it's gradual exposure and the other alternative is what they call flooding where you just go out there and do it you know with no preparation but that can be very scary and it's not for everybody in fact um, in mm. fact I wonder I mean, I don't know a lot about these things, but to me, it could be also a recipe for creating a phobia. Absolutely, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it could have dire consequences, but it is actually a method of treatment, yes. but it's not for everybody. Gradu- I, I'm an advocate of graduated exposure therapy. Yeah. And a key thing is I guess you've got to want to overcome the fear. Um, and I just don't like being beaten by things. I mean, it's all in your head. Uh, you've got to change the way you think. I guess that's cognitive behaviour therapy. Change mm-hmm. the way you think and then change the way you behave. But um, like if you've got a fear of um, jumping out of aeroplanes, well, you don't have to do that. You can get through your whole life without doing a skydive. Right. But there's some things like having to do a speech that do crop up in life and some things like um, having to drive through tunnels you, yes. you, you know, I, I couldn't let that one beat me. It was ridiculous. Mm. But, yeah, a, a key thing with I've never had a, an anxiety attack since, which is unusual because I did keep telling myself it wasn't an anxiety attack. It was a, the low, the high CO2. But really, I, I knew all along that it was. But often when you get suffer from anxiety, it, it can recur, but it never has with me. Well, it sounds like you were very determined to... Um, come to grips with the sequelae which was the difficulty getting through tunnels and you did that with the graduated exposure so mm. fantastic mm. you know and essentially all the speeches it was the same thing bit by bit I was having to stand up yes. and do it for my because you know it was necessary But uh, one of my uh, a very quirky movie, which some people may or may not have seen, is uh, it's a a spoof sci-fi. It's called Galaxy Quest. 
And one of the key, it's sort of a spoof of all the Star Trek um, episodes, but one of the key um, sayings in that movie, which I love, is never give up, never surrender. Oh. Yeah. So, and you, you keep feeding that positive quote yeah. to yourself. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yes. People who know me know that I don't like to give up no matter what, what the... Um... That's fantastic. I actually did a long analysis because of a lot of trauma in my life. And at one point when I was dealing with something that aroused a lot of anxiety in me, my analyst said, you can do it. Mm. And she, I think she only said it once. To this day, I will say that it'll come to me unbidden a dozen times a day. Mm. You know, it was the most helpful statement and somehow it went straight zoom straight into my subconscious and it's now part of my 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 makeup you know maybe my unconscious makeup and it's so helpful every time I you know feel a little bit of anxiety about something in comes that statement you can do it yes I love it and you just reminded me of something actually one of the first public speaking things I had to do when I was doing my counselling degree I had a placement in a, a mental health unit yes. and I you had to I put it as my goal that at the end of the 12 weeks I would co-facilitate that was as close as I could get uh, a group because right. um, we had educational groups where you might have 30 patients and my boss wasn't, ha- my, my supervisor was not having a bar of it. He said, Susie, you're doing the group next week. It runs for an hour and a half. And I had to do it. Like, otherwise I wasn't going to get my degree. Same thing as the diploma. Yeah. And what I did was I did an immense amount of research and the subject was depression and I had everything written down, but I had to stand up in front of and have a whiteboard and everything. Um, but what I I did it and I ended up running about six at least of those groups. And one of the, one of the psych, psychologists said to me, um, she was quite impressed that I'd overcome this fear, which I hadn't. I hated doing it. Um, but she said, one day you'll enjoy public speaking. You, you might actually love it. You know, some people love to have the microphone and be the centre of attention. Well, I have to say that I haven't got to that point yet in my life and I don't think it's going to happen. Um, but, yeah. So you're looking a little bit more relaxed as we're talking here and like you might even be enjoying the conversation a little bit. So bravo, Susie. Thank you. I think it's, I just would like our listeners to know that a lot of things in life can be overcome where there's a will, there's a way. And if I, one of the shyest people in the world now work on a radio show, anything's possible. Good on you. Fantastic. Thanks, Susie, for coming on the show today and sharing your knowledge and insight with our listeners. And a big thank you uh, to both Susie and Terry for today's interview. Um, I hope that you that everyone has found something in today's show that will be benefit beneficial to them. And for our listeners who may want to know more about graduated exposure therapy, I'll be sure to add some information and links in our show notes for today's show, which you can find on the 3CR website. So you can find more um, of our shows at the website uh, brainwaves.org.au and on the 3CR website 3cr.org.au or on Spotify uh, where you download your 3CR podcast. If you have a story to share, if you'd like to send us um, some feedback or suggestions for future shows, please feel free to email us at brainwaves at wellways.org. Thanks for listening, everyone. Please stay safe and we'll be back next Wednesday at 5pm for another episode of Brainwaves on 3CR. 
You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.